You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah. You can keep playing that song, kind of, yeah. All right, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming to church. Uh, West Falabi. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll just continue our discussion on inheritance matters. Um, and I'd like to continue the thoughts from Luke chapter 12, uh, where we've been. Luke chapter 15. I think by now we should all know Luke chapter 15 by heart from verse 1 to the end. I'm going to attempt to do a quick recap uh, and then I will center on what I think God has uh, asked me to say tonight. Um, I think that next week, Wednesday, will be the last, uh, at least for now, um, in this set of discussions about inheritance matters. And I think specifically next week, we will look at the Holy Spirit and our inheritance. The Bible will speak about the Holy Spirit uh, and begin to hint that there is a heavenly dimension of the inheritance that we have as children of God. And he will say that the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing that which is to come. In another place, he would say the Spirit of God uh, will tell us those things which have been freely given unto us. And we'll speak about the role of the Holy Spirit in coming into a certainty of the inheritance, into the workings of the inheritance. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I think we started here uh, two, Sunday, two Wednesdays ago, that we have not received the spirit of bondage unto fear, but a spirit of adoption wherewith we cry, Abba, Father, that if we, the Spirit of God witness with our spirits that we are children of God, if children, then heirs, heirs, co-heirs with our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and this is important for anyone who is a born-again Christian, I think, especially in these times, um, as we uh, seek to make the most out of our faith. Uh, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, if you read from verse 13 to 14, that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Having become a cause for us, for it is written, Cause is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Uh, when we get saved, we, uh, we get access to God. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul goes to great length to uh, explain uh, the fact that there is a bringing near, there's a restoration of hope, there's a breaking down of walls. And we've said it is not in vain that God has called us to serve him. Okay? We've said that uh, an understanding of the Father's love affects our expectation when it comes to whatever inheritance he's set aside for us. So in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, I pray the Holy Spirit will open your eyes. And one of the things he says will be after effect is the fact that you will be able to see what is the inheritance we have with the sense and light. When he writes to the Colossian church in Colossians chapter 1, he says that uh, God has qualified us to partake with of the inheritance with the sense and light. So there is an inheritance, and I think we've been looking at Luke chapter 15 over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one thing I've said is that the concept of inheritance means that it once belonged to your parents or benefactor. It was or is important to them, and they think it will be important uh, to you. But when we read Luke chapter 15, we've then said, look, the fact that that inheritance is yours does not mean you will automatically access it. Okay? So Paul prays, Acts chapter 20 and 32, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you inheritance amongst them that are sanctified. So that you're qualified for it does not mean you will partake in it. Uh, I recall sharing an experience where I was broke 
uh, but I had been paid money in my bank account, right? And until that evening when, or that afternoon, I think it was, I hear somebody sharing, uh, it was in Lukwaju that day, saying, oh, just want to thank God, and just a story about how, you know, NYC had paid us two months' salary. I had been broke for a couple of days. And this was before the times when you had alerts when money got to your bank. And of course, I suspect immediately after the service, I dashed off to the UB, I remember it was on the one on the corridor road, across the road, get my balance, and they show my balance, there was money sitting in the account. And it's oftentimes the same thing when it comes to our inheritance with God. In fact, when we read through Luke chapter 15, the older brother is proof that you can be in the house in a religious state and not have access to what is yours, right? Um, uh, ignorance of the word of grace. Because when you read Luke chapter 15 and verse 12, when the youngest son has come to the father and said, please give me the share of the inheritance that I'm mine, the Bible, that is mine, the Bible says that he divided his inheritance unto them. So he clearly said, older brother, this is yours. Younger brother, this is yours. Okay? But there was a prevalence of ignorance. There was something, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just pure disbelief. But the older brother does not take steps to make sure that that inheritance is his, okay? Uh, I think we'll talk more about that next week. And I think during the vigil, we also spoke about, if you could just please increase the volume of mic. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Uh, if you, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the things we also said was how that uh, the older brother must also have developed a deep attitude of envy and bitterness, and that must also have prevented him from seeing what was his. And the way we know that is because he has no appetite for joy and for rejoicing. So when you read through Luke chapter 15, when he's coming back home after the brother, the prodigal son has returned, when he hears music, he's unable to understand what that music is about. Not only doesn't he understand, when they explain to him why the rejoicing is happening, he refuses to go into the house. Okay? Uh, and the, the father comes out and says, this is why we're rejoicing. And he's upset. And so we say that Christians who harbor bitterness in their hearts, envy, and the progress in the lives of others are also typically blinded from coming into what Christ has done for them. But you must come to a place where you are free in your heart, where you actually are in contact with rejoicing. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay? He was in the company. I think it was a vigil. We talked and prayed about it. He said, look, when I gather with my friends, we don't even have a small um, goat to do as soon and, and rejoice. So, Obviously, his meetings with his friends were devoid of merriment and of rejoicing. Okay? He was bound by religion. He was alive, present in the house, but joyless. He didn't have the heart of the Father. What was the heart of the Father? One of the things I think God wants us to talk about tonight is a heart that sees uh, the missing ones even while they are far away. Okay? The prodigal son, on the other hand, is the one who has what we call an entitled mentality or heart. He, but he misrepresents the inheritance. Because the inheritance is more than just things. All right? So he takes the things, stays a little bit in the father's house, and then leaves the father's house. Uh, we say that you must value God above any material blessing. In fact, you must value God higher than any blessing that you have or that you will ever get, okay? Um, tonight, we want to talk about the third son, okay? And somebody says, oh, Pierre, how can there be three sons? There are three sons. Because um, the Bible says, for as many as received him, he gave power to become sons of God. So you and I are then the third son, Okay? And it's very easy 
for us to read through scripture and uh, and you know be be very um, critical is not the word, but be very intelligent when we review the lives of other people. All right. So when we look at the life of the older brother, we're like, my goodness, how can you be so not bright? Yeah, it's a Bible character, so we don't want to insult him. Not bright, you know, but surely you had all this stuff next to you. The fatted calf was always there. You were going to work every day. You saw this, you saw that. Why couldn't you perceive what God was doing? Okay? When we look at the prodigal son, we are, um, we are very, um, well, we don't want to judge because the Bible says not to judge, but we judge him. Just, you're just a materialistic human being. How can you take half of the possession, not half, and then you left the father? You know, and then you wasted it with harlots. Not even with Christian bread, with harlots. It's unspeakable. And then you became hungry. And then you joined yourself with someone else. And then you started working, and then they took you to, the, to feed pigs. And then you wanted to eat the food that pigs, you deserve it. It's God that was showing you the foolishness of your heart, right? We're very quick to do that process. And then the Bible says he comes to himself uh, and uh, he decides, look, I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. I'm going back to my father. Perhaps he would make me like one of the servants and all that. But what is our attitude us, modern day Christians, we're the third son. What is our attitude towards the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus? Okay? That, that, is, that I believe, is what we want to discuss tonight. So, last Sunday, when we did Bible study, how many of us were here Sunday, 9 o'clock? Yeah, okay. All right. It's good, good, good. Yeah, so, most of us were not here, which is fine. It's all right. Okay? Uh, it's okay. It's not all right. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not judging you. I, I know you were somewhere important. Demilade, can you please help me go speak to the sound guy and tell him that I really am struggling with this microphone. Okay. Thank you. Um, and so we... Really? <laughs> okay. I know you don't like me, whoever you are, but I'm just begging you. Okay? Um, so, so, so what are we doing with our inheritance in Christ Jesus? What is our inheritance in Christ Jesus? What what is it? Okay. Um, and, and so there's a dimension of it. We began to discuss this on Sunday, and we'll just talk about it again. All right. So Jesus tells three parables in Luke chapter 15. The first parable, um, scenario one, he speaks about from verse 5 to 7, he speaks about uh, Luke 15 and verse 5. And when he had found it, so a certain man had, you know, a hundred, a hundred sheep, right? And the Bible says one gets, gets missing. So how many does he have left? Ninety-something, yeah? Some people are not sure. Ninety-eight? Ninety-nine. Ninety-nine point something. Ninety-nine. It's got ninety-nine. It's not a trick question. I'm just checking. Because he's got ninety-nine left. Right? The consultants will tell you that he's got 99, but potentially a lot more, you know. But he's got 99 left, right? The Bible says he leaves the 99, right? Uh, you read from verse, do, 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 look. You read from verse 3. The Bible says, so one gets missing uh, from verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. Uh, that's the first scenario. He goes to verse 8 and he says, Or what woman? So this is an alternative to the first parable I've told. Or what woman, having ten silver coins... If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the room of the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and saying, 
Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I have lost. Uh, and then verse 11, he tells the parable of the prodigal son, of the son. A certain man had two sons. All right? And I think when you go all the way down, we've read it over and over again. Verse 24, he says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. When you read verse 32, he begins to explain, he says to the younger brother, the older brother, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. One of the things I explained on Sunday, and I'll do that explanation again, Jesus tells these three parables in response to a question that has been asked of him in Luke chapter 15 and verse 2. Okay? Verse 1 says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Alright? Uh, verse 2 says, And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, why is it important to follow through here? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. All right? So our inheritance, that which we have received from God, that which we have inherited, that which we have now become or come in possession of is not very different from that which Jesus has received. All right? Uh, and in this place, Jesus begins to give all these examples to explain what is important to him. Just follow me. So they said to Jesus, why, you, why do you choose to live like this? All right? Um, there are two sets of people you could hang out with. You could hang out with the guys from the choir. Folabi, Demilade, Nifemi. Nice guys, right? They wake up in the morning, they're speaking in tongues. They say all their prayers. They read five chapters in the morning, five chapters in the afternoon, five chapters in the evening. They give a tight and above a tight. Uh, they don't lead girls on often. Uh, um, what else do they do as good Christians? They give to the poor, take care of widows. Uh, they come to church early for Bible study, 9 o'clock when the pastor says 9 o'clock. They fast their full 14 days. They even add one on top of it. Those are the kind of guys you should hang out with Jesus. Those are the kind of guys you hang out with. So they complain. They don't like Jesus, but they complain about what he's doing. Why? I mean, these are tax collectors, harlots, sinners. Yeah, why are, you, why, why, why are you hanging out with them? And then Jesus says, well, because you are, well, he didn't say they are dull, but he says, I need to use three examples to explain this to you. All right? Uh, Pastor Timoni uh, was explaining this to me on Sunday, and she says, it looked like Jesus just kept on, he would use one example, look at their faces, and like, you don't get it. Use another example, you still don't get it. I try another example again. I don't know if they got it. But it's important for us, the third son, the church of today, to get it. And he begins to say something, scenario one, something is missing. That's why I came. Right? He says, he left the 99, he goes to look for one. I'm, I, the way I think, I'm a, I used to be a risk manager, 100, one is missing. 99% coverage or whatever. Let's stick with the 99, right? Forget about the one. Stupid ship. Stupid. Really stupid. Didn't you see where the 99 are gathered? Yeah? I at least used to know that ship. His eyes were always greedy. Uh, the woman has 10 coins. One is missing. Why would she? She turns the house down, upside down, lights a lamp, sweeps. And finds it. The man has two sons. One son serving diligently. Not even wanting the portion that has been given to him. The second the son takes the man's money. The, you know, all the stuff he's, he's gathered. And disappears. You're getting text message from five countries. And oh, we saw your son. It was Aquilox yesterday. So it's just blowing your money. Then he gets a 
or a DM the next day. Ah, chief, I saw that your youngest son, Mimi. Terrible. The harlots we saw with him, so he imported them. Why, why would he bother? Because the Bible says that it gets to a point in Luke chapter 15 and verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse uh, 22, but the father said to the son, uh, his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now, what I hear Jesus saying, and this goes to the very heart of one of the things that is, I think, a big dimension of our inheritance in Christ Jesus is that the value of a human soul, one human soul, is one of the most important things to God. Human life, the restoration of human life. I said on Sunday that whatever we do to draw men back to God is precious to him. That whenever we preach, teach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we do one of the most important things in the heart of God. And anything we do to inspire or reflect God's love is precious to God. And when this world, this age is over, gold, silver will not count. Houses will not count. The things which will count will be the souls of men. Okay? In fact, I remember saying on Sunday that... Um, one of the things you find in societies or civilizations, any civilization that does not place value on the human life is rare that that civilization will have sustainable progress. Right? In fact, what you would see in any civilization, family, institution, company, whatever it is, that does not place value on human life is that they will break down over time. You just see all sorts of manifestations of evil. Okay, so slavery, uh, human sacrifices, oppression of the weak, the poor, whatever it is. Now, now, so Jesus is saying to them, okay, he said, what is most important to me is restoration. Now, there is one scenario, a missing ship, one scenario, a missing coin, one scenario, a missing son. When you read those three scenarios, he says, in each of them, he says there is great joy. In fact, in two of them, he says there is rejoicing in heaven after that restoration happens. Okay? So I said that when we, as a church, try and explain part of what we have inherited in Christ Jesus, at the core of it must be this deep hunger for the restoration of human lives. For the restoration of people to God. Okay? Uh, so when Paul defines his crowns, when he defines his hope, you know, when he talks to the churches, as you read through the epistles, you hear this in Paul's letters. When Paul talks about success for him, he's not just talking about the things which he's acquired. He's talking about every opportunity that he has to bless people to be there for people. Now, this is important for us because sometimes when we talk about the things that we get in God, we sometimes run the risk of thinking about things. Now, the things are, how do I put it? The things are important and the things will come. You've heard, I'm sure if you've been in church long enough, you've heard that I'm expecting uh, a black G-Wagon, red leather seats from God. <laughs> so if, if you pack it in front of your house by mistake with the keys and ownership, they pass, please send it to me. It's mine. Okay? Amen, church. Oh, it's bad. On the side, this one is that jealous. It's all right. Don't worry. Follow me. I'll take you in my car. Don't worry. But that car, I deeply believe, all right, is, is to bring men to God, including me. 
Okay? It's so that when Mimido sees me on the road, I say, ah, Pierre, this is a nice car. I say, it's God that did it. Come with me to church. Okay? It is not an it is not a tool of oppression. It is not, that, that, I'm not trying to use that, I don't plan to use that car to show my neighbor who has this big Jeep that my God is bigger than his God. No. No. I would like to do that if I was just fleshy, but I've, I've matured a little. The things are not the main thing. So, the house, you are praying and trusting God you will get and you will all own houses. I, that is not the end or the beginning of your life. It is, it is so that the one who is the carrier of this mandate to restore lives is safe, is comfortable, will sleep well at night so when they wake up, can go and do the things they want to do. Uh, and, and this is, for me, it's because Jesus is saying, they're saying to Jesus, why are you here? And Jesus goes to great length to explain to them about the value of a human life. Everything that God will do when you read through the New Testament and even in this age, he's trying to get people back to him. He's trying to get people back to him. He's, so, so there is so much there is so much occupation in the kingdom of God that I said that the concept of an idol or unemployed Christian does not exist. There is so much to do. All right? Uh, this affects for me when you define your purpose that you cannot, as a Christian, define your purpose far away uh, from the gospel. You also cannot define your purpose as a Christian without uh, what you call a human dimension. How, so, for example, uh, Falabi, what's your purpose in life? Oh, I know. And I'm just guessing. I'm not saying this is what it is. I want to be a Grammy award-winning musician, the first from Abiyokuta. Right? And that is great. That is brilliant, right? It is brilliant. The only challenge with that is that there is no, how is that of benefit to anybody apart from you and the Abiyakuta people? Right? Right? But when Falabi begins to understand that, I, I want to win their words, but, uh, but guys, that God wants to write songs through me, Right? That when people sing those songs, they will remember the love of God. Uh, Falabi is talking. When, when I write those songs, that people will listen to the songs. And somebody who is about to commit suicide will say, I will not commit suicide anymore. So it is not just so I can stand in front of the, the podium that day with my award and then PI by my side. Shani, yo, 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 my guys are good. I told you I'll make it. Kenny, you see how God can walk? You know, that's not just, that's not it. Mimi, you should have married me when you're cool. See me, God. no, 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 no. I'm so sorry, Mimi, I got you my message today. Okay. <laughs> but it is an understanding because truth be told, loads of people, and it's not even Grammys. Is it Grammy you win? The music people win Grammys. Yeah. Loads of people have won Grammys. And loads of people after you will win Grammys. Why will yours be different? Why was the blood of Jesus shed for you? So if the definition of our lives is so that I will be a partner in that big, the biggest consulting firm in the world, how does that, what, so why did, because there are loads of people who have done that before you and will do that after you if Christ dies. I want to own the biggest house in Ikoyi with penthouse, glass penthouse, so I can see Jesus as he's coming on, you know, first, first to go. Yes. Okay. I want to own iPhone 12. The one they've not made yet. Okay. But understanding that your definition of purpose and success must have, if we have the axis, must have the axis that allows God use that. He says to Abraham, I will bless you that you would be a blessing. Because people begin to define very narrow, very narrow 
uh, uh, descriptions of what God wants to do with their lives. Okay, so what is God, what is God impressing my heart to talk about tonight? Right. Uh, the three parables in Luke chapter 15, Jesus keeps saying something is missing and that is why I am here. I believe the church, so he says there is a sheep missing. There is a coin missing. There is a son missing. I think when I woke up, it was yesterday or this morning, just the significance, that was the, that, that was the phrase in my heart, the significance of that which is missing. I think it was in the U.S. Army, uh, and I think it's one of their unofficial uh, creeds, right? Is that they will say to you that they will leave no man behind. In fact, uh, if, you, if you check through, if you just check casually, you would find that it's not official U.S. Army policy, but it is the way they live, think, and operate. And it is so bad that not only will they not leave a soldier behind, they would not leave him behind even if he's injured. In some cases, they would not even leave him behind if he has been killed. Now, you know, we all from black Africa don't understand that madness. If God has made a way of escape for us to go and tell the story, then we should go. Thanking God as we are going that they only killed one. But you know how the Americans are like, we're going back. We're not leaving his body. <laughs> because they don't have a Nigerian. They're like, drop me here. <laughs> when you are coming back, you pick me. <laughs> the God has preserved my life today. <laughs> But, but this is it. I, I, and this is important, and, and I'll go back to this. And it is, it is, church, it is the value, right, that they've come to a place on their life as Americans. That they've extended. So it's that confidence of saying, I know that I'm going into battle, and I know that no matter what happens, these guys are not leaving me here. Jesus is teaching over and over again in Luke chapter 15 that that which is missing is hugely significant. I believe that it's the confession of the heart of the church that all lives matter. All right. So when, when we think of what we have inherited as children of God, it's both a heart and the capacity to bring restoration to lives around us. And that is where I think God just wants us to dwell today. Who is the richest person in the world? Is this a rhetorical question? I believe that how men see that question is different from how God sees that question. Because if Bill Gates shows up before God, what currency do they recognize in heaven? Do, do they say, uh, oh, Bill, you've got lots of dollars. They say, I've got do I brought my dollars here, millions. You're like, what are dollars? Because you know that when you move from country to country, the currency changes and the perception of the country. So if you, you know there's some, yeah, let's try. You know there are countries you go to and say, I brought my Naira. Like, Naira? What's this joker talking about? What is Naira? That's the truth. It's not been this, not this. Uh, the countries you go to, you bring, I don't know what it is in Portugal, if you bring it here, if you go to a shop, like, we don't recognize this here. Your earthly currencies do not register before God, to be honest. Because uh, whether you like it or not, Americans can scrap their currency tomorrow. Who is the wealthiest man before God? When, so, really, think about it. Who is the wealthiest man before God? And so, when you begin to, you know, think like Jesus is thinking, to say, what is missing? What is in the Father's heart concerning the world today? What is actually significant, guys? 
you begin to realize that perhaps true wealth is in the value that we bring to our brothers, to our sisters, to our families. And the fact that we carry the gospel, we are teaching the gospel. Paul says that gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Sometimes it sounds very religious, but it means that it is the power of God to change a human life. The significance of what is missing. God goes, he went to the greatest length to ensure that all men can be saved. And we also uh, have been released in Christ Jesus to what is the biggest mission in the world today. <laughs> uh, so, so, your, our inheritance, uh, uh, that, that for me is, is something that I'm still, you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit next week, I'll just tell you how we're still praying through it. But it is bigger than things. It is bigger than The apostles are walking to the temple one morning or one day. A gentleman says to them, please give me something. Begs. For, and he says, silver and gold we have not. But such as we have, he's not blind, he's crippled, yeah? We give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, and I stand up and walk. What they have is more than silver and gold. And, and I've been saying this all through the prayers, all through the series, that, you know, when you undervalue what you have, sometimes you never use it. That God gives us the gospel, we put it aside. For some of us, he gives us the ability to write songs, to sing songs, and we put it aside. For some of us, it's the ability to, to teach, to encourage. For some of us, it's the ability to smile. So why should I be smiling in this Lagos sun? And we put it aside. For some of you, you can, I mean, it's, it's the... It's just the power of a network. You can gather people from everywhere. For some of us, it's, it's a hug. For some of us, it's a writing skill. For some of us, it's a profession. It's a vocation. And God wants to do so much through all the different things that he has given us. And what he wants to do, church, is not for us. I mean, the salvation of our souls is extremely important. But as that is being taken care of, there is our inheritance of Christ Jesus that also it means that we get to the place where, Luke chapter 15, the Father's heart dwells firmly within us. The Bible says of the father of the two sons, Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. He says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Am I seeking until I find the missing ship? Have I lit my lamp and swept the house and searched carefully until I find the missing coin? Have I ran and fell on the neck of him that is still a great way off? Because obviously the father, to have seen him from a great way off, must have constantly gone out of the house, I presume, just to check if his son was coming home. To be inheritance-minded. So, so when Bible begins to say, to be carnally-minded is death, but spiritually-minded is life and peace. The spiritual mind is focused on the things which are above eternal, the things which are of God. This is what is of God. That is what is important to God. So a guy who is spiritually-minded is not the guy who has dreadlocks and speaks in tongues 12 hours. That guy is a spiritist. 
but is not necessarily spiritually minded if he cannot live, think, and talk in love and bring men back unto God. That there is the, the, the ability to understand that when you wake up in the morning, every single day of your life, that you actually have a mandate from God to bless someone. To put a smile on someone's face. To contribute to the work of restoration. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 3, it says one plants, another waters. So it will, all the work will not be done in one day. But you know, Mimido, that the guy you smile at today in the morning, while he's still in the glow of that smile, when uh, Timoni speaks to him in the afternoon about the gospel, his heart is more receptive. So maybe all God has called you to do is to be the chief smiler of Lagos State. Just setting guys' hearts ablaze with the smile of glory. <laughs> that guy likes you, by the way. I just, he's just been looking for a way to tell you. His name is Nifemi. He's in the choir. <laughs> Josh, Josh, I hope you're with us in this message. Because all the revelation I've been sharing is you've not been playing all this damn, damn, damn thing. But, but maybe, that, and that is for me, because this, this, so Jesus says, seek it first. He, he, he begins to say, look, come. Guys, I know you need stuff. I, I know you need stuff. I know you need a promotion. I know you need a thing. You, you need a, a, a husband. You need a wife. I know you need a car. You need a house. He said, but would you prioritize the kingdom, right? He says, and all these things will be added to you. Would we let the Father's heart become our hearts? I said it, you know, some time ago, that there's people who God is calling to bring healing. There's people who God is calling to just bring encouragement, creativity. Some of us, our part in this is just to pray. At least in a season, it's just to pray. That there are prayers that you would pray over certain cities, houses, streets. But it will allow for a way to be made for the preaching of the gospel. <laughs> when we get to the place where we can no longer see that which is missing, uh, I dare say, that we, as a third brother, I dare say that we perhaps are beginning to walk like the older brother. Where, because the older brother should have seen the father every other evening going outside to look out for the return of the brother who was missing. Church, who are we checking out for? Who, who, who's crossed your mind today as being missing? Apart from, because you know what is happening is that our generation, one day I will teach about this self-love that we're teaching in our generation and how I find it difficult to situate it in the New Testament. Because we become very engrossed with ourselves, right? The me, myself, and I. I need to tell, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't love myself, Follow me, I ain't going to love me. And there's some value in it, but what God has given us is, is a burden for the lost. Is a burden. So, are there people in my family who are missing? Are there people on my streets who are missing? Are there people in my office, who are missing. 
Are there people in church who are missing? Or is there somebody in church who is becoming missing? Yeah? So he's, he, he has been found, but he's becoming missing. So they, they told you he has, he's now become very regular at X and Y place. And you kind of know, ah, that's tricky. When you drive past, you're coming from Vigil, you drive past one dark place in Lagos, and you see him coming out of there. It's looking like, well, you don't want to judge him. Maybe he went for evangelism. But maybe he's becoming missing. Do you then spiritually gossip about him? By putting it on the WhatsApp group and say, I don't want to tell you guys about Caleb, but where I saw Caleb, we really need to pray. <laughs> the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, if any of you is overtaken in a fault, those of you who are more spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Who are you restoring? My notes, you know, I put down the line that says, what is my budget in terms of time, attention, prayer, effort, even money for the restoration of lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. What can God what can God do through you? Who can God make happier through you? Because sometimes we are very spiritual people just I just here to preach the gospel. I, I want to just preach. That's all I want to do. This, when I preach the gospel that's it. But there are guys who came to Jesus because they were blind. They didn't they didn't ask about gospel. Jesus heal me. Open my eyes. Some people came they, what drove the prodigal son home. Hunger. Bible says there was a time he wanted to eat even what the pigs were eating. They couldn't give him. That's when the guy realized, oh boy, this is not, I'm not meant to be here. Yeah. Who, who can you feed? This fascination with the next version of wig that is coming out. Guys, yeah, I'm just so the ladies don't think I'm talking about them. I'm saying <laughs> there's more to life than this. Your wedding day, I I know heaven is looking forward to it. But when Jesus speaks about the things that bring joy in heaven, follow me. Guys, um I, I know I'm saying a lot, but but I, but that which is missing is significant to God. That which is missing is significant to God. There's already too much darkness in our world. And so when they say to Jesus, look, you know, but why are you spending your time like this? I don't understand. Why are you hanging out? And Jesus says, but don't you understand? Don't you understand? How are we spending our time that is reflective of the fact that we realize that we're meant to draw men to God? How? How am I spending my time? For, how, what am I doing with my mind? What am I doing with the wealth that God is bringing my way? You know, and it's all sorts of small things and all sorts of big things. You are not fine by mistake, sir. You are not hot by mistake, ma. You are not the most intelligent person in your class by mistake. So yeah, that's, uh, that's our message. <laughs> that's our message. Um, next Wednesday, we talk about the, way, the Holy Spirit. Look, uh, when, I, when I prepared for this, I kept on, I felt it last, was last week, I, so if you follow me, grab it back, I'm just going to keep on talking. Uh, thank you. When I, when I prepared for this, I kept on, I think the first thing I'd written was, who is the wealthiest man in Lagos? How does Solomon become extremely wealthy? 
how to, did it, he didn't go to God and say, Father, uh, transfer all the wealth of the Gentiles to me. That's not how he became wealthy. He goes to God with a heart for what is in God's heart. And God said, oh my goodness, because you have asked me for this, I will not only give you that, I would give you X, Y, and Z. So how does the devil distract children of God from their inheritance? He gives them cares and worries. So you're worried about, ah, who, nobody has texted me today. You're worried about, ah, I put in the new post of my hairdo on Instagram. Nobody has liked it. So I call it, Wumi, I thought we were friends. So I can post something in three days, you won't like it. But you saw it, you even liked Amaka's post. And I posted before Amaka. You're worried about what you would wear to Funke's wedding in December. And those things are important, guys. I, I have my eye on one outfit for one wedding in November already. I like to look sharp. Because these young boys are putting me under pressure. <laughs> uh, so you must plan about your life. But God is saying, I, I have called you to big things. I like Wednesday service. Wednesday service is like very cool. You know, we don't have all this tell your neighbor something. It's like you and God alone. <laughs> so I let God tell you, all right? But seriously, guys. <sighs> um, I keep on repeating this. I don't know who you are. And I, I don't think you are even an obvious person. But someone will write a song. Look, they will translate that song into different languages. Someone will take a photograph, a, a picture. It will change the way we see life. It will, it will, it will break things open. On, on Sundays, we talked and we <laughs> laughed in the Bible. So I said, when we sing this song you know, about God's reckless love, but, you know, and I like it because when we see, we see God very dramatic, right? Jumping over mountains. I command of breaking walls. Where is the money? The love of my heart. Where is she? Grabs her and runs off in the sunset. We see God like, God, there's no mountain. You won't climb. No shadow. Where is Caleb, my son? There's nothing God will not do. And I kept on saying, guys, do you realize that when God wants to break the wall, climb the mountain, he will send Josh. And he will send Timoni. I don't know how Timoni and Josh is probably done a message to the president. I have to reach it who sits in front. But he would send Wumi. He would send Samuel. But when he wants to show that my God, this is the extent of my love for Samuel. And this Samuel is walking around and God just plans for him. There are 15 people who would hug you in service today. There are things that have happened to me in my life that I realized that God wasn't, Bible says he neither sleeps nor slumbers. But you just, after a while, the person, is, the person takes a break and says, okay, well. So would you let God use you? Would you let him tell someone about Jesus. How I know this for a fact is how difficult it is for us to tell people about Jesus Christ. Once in a year when we teach about the about you know, missions, there's a buzz. We go and preach. Or we say we are preaching. But once that finishes, we're kind of just like, look, oh boy, God will find them. Don't worry. Alright, let's, let's worship tonight. And all I'm asking you to do is uh, tonight to ask the Father to show us, let fill our heart with what is in his heart to make us rich in his own terms. That, that, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. As, as, we, as we worship tonight, uh, I'd like you to ask God to use your life. I'd like you to ask God to use your life. You've been so, so I'd like you to ask God to use your life. I'd like you to, as we worship, tell God, look, I have an agenda, I have a list. But Lord, you've 
Perhaps my life is more than marriage. Perhaps my life is more than making partners. Perhaps my life is more than going to Harvard Business School. Perhaps. 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 I'd like you to talk to God. Please, I, I beg you to talk to God. I ask you to please talk to God. I like you to talk to God. Say, Lord, make me rich in heaven's currency. Lord, make me rich. Lord, make me rich. Lord, make me rich. Would you please talk to God? You've been so kind to me. You've been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down. Why still I'm found? Leaves tonight. I couldn't honor, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself only over, never ending, oh reckless love, yeah. no shadow you will light up, mountain you will climb up, coming after me. You won't kick down, lie, you won't cheer down, coming after me. No shadow you will light up, no shadow you will light up, mountain you won't coming after No wall you will keep no wall you won't keep down, no lie, you won't cheer coming after me. No shadow you will light up. Shadow, you will light up. Oh, you live the night and night for me. No more, you will keep down low. You chasing after me. No shadow, you will light up. Mountain, you will climb up. Chasing me down. Tonight, I'll ask you to please ask God to chase down somebody using your legs, to break down walls using your legs, using your hands. I would like you to commit yourself to God and say, Lord, I am your son. I am a heir of God, a co-heir with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like you to ask God and not let the devil stand in the way of this conversation with your father. Because... I think that for someone, hearing is the path to greatness I, because there is such, there is such, there is such purpose in your life. There is such purpose in your life. <laughs> oh my God. There is such purpose in your life. I don't know who you are. You've been feeling frustrated, empty. There is such purpose in your life. And part of the reason you've been feeling frustrated is because you've been trying to join yourself to the company of a strange country. But if you would let the Father who created you use you for what he has called you, the kind of joy and rejoicing. The Bible would say, 
When the shepherd found the sheep, he called neighbors and friends. When the woman found the coin, she called neighbors. It is joy that cannot be contained by a small person, a small place. Would you ask God to use your life? 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 I don't know who you are, but God says you are seated on the board table with me. Would you ask God to use your life? Would you ask God to use your life? For someone is a whole industry. For someone is a whole city. I don't know. For someone is a whole city. For someone is a whole family. He has not called you to serve him in vain. Uh, for someone, it's, it's whole territories that he's giving people. For someone is a whole space. And they looked at Jesus. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't know where they think you came from. But you were born of God. You were called by God. Someone tonight, you need to say, Lord, could you show me, could you show me what is really significant in my life? What is really significant on the earth? Let me not waste the next 20, 30 years chasing after that which doesn't matter. If I need to build an ark, let me build it. Someone is to say, Lord, give me something. They would say to Jesus, what is so little before so many? They say it's just five loaves, two fishes. What is it? What can we do with this? But someone needs to say, Lord, I present it before you. I give you thanks. Ah, Father, we thank you. know, tonight we sit with some of the, some of the <laughs> potentially some of the richest people in this world. I stand tonight before some of the richest people in this world. The whole, the whole of Israel, the whole of Israel is quaking before Goliath. A young boy shows up with a stone, brings him down. A stone and an anointing. He says to Moses, 430 years have gone by, slavery, Moses is a fallen prince on the backside of nowhere, carrying a rod for sheep in his hands. What do you have in your hands? That man becomes the general, the leader of an entire generation. I know you think you're small. I know people might think you are small. But the Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. When he calls you a co-heir with our Lord Jesus Christ, he's not joking. It's not a punchline in a funny joke, no. Do you realize? <laughs> I know you were not born in the palace. You were born in the manger. But that's where Jesus was born. Would you start with the little that you have? At 12, Jesus shows up before the temple and says, uh, in the temple says, I, I have to be about my father's business. I don't know what the father's business he has given. It might be playing the keyboard. It might be, it might be smiling at people. It might be encouraging, it might be writing notes. I don't know what it is. I don't know what vocation. I don't know what learning, what skill. I don't know where it is that God has placed you in life. But he has called you to be the restorer of a bridge. To be the repairer. He has, he has called you to be the repairer. He has called you to carry an anointing for restoration. Tonight, would you please just lift your hands up if you can. And just worship him and yield to him. And say, Father, here's my life. Use it for your glory. Here is my life. Here's my life. It doesn't matter what they called you. It doesn't matter what you've even called yourself. But there's some of the richest people in the world here today. And when you will show up before God, 
there will be testimonies, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who would say, look, I came to Jesus because of Wumi. Oh, they would say, yes, Lord. <laughs> I came, millions. That it was Demilade who, he wrote the book. He spoke the sermon. She said the poem. He started a company. He fed the thousands. He healed the millions. He opened the nursing home. He sent a tweet. I don't know who you are. Say silver and gold we have not, but such as we have. I don't know what God has given you. But please do not treat it as nothing. The Bible says it does not yet appear as we are. I give myself away. I give for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.